Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back once again to uh, Video Games Cover to Cover. Chapter 71 of our total podcast, part 16 of Dragon Quest XI, Definitive Edition S, Echoes of an Elusive Age. <laughs> it's just a mouthful. It is. Is there some sort of acronym that we can use? DQ... XIS. DQ... Well, I don't... DQ11... D E E. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay. D Q 11 E O A D S S. D Q 11 F. Sure. Let's go ahead and pretend that worked. You know, you, you got modern solutions. Re- or wait. Modern problems require modern solutions. Uh, yeah. That one. You know, that old. So and so, but chestnut. <laughs> so I think last time we left off, we had just completed all of the extra switch content. Yes, we were just getting back to the luminary. So at this point, the switch content is over, and we're back to what everyone else should be experiencing. If you're not playing on the switch currently, or you know, playing the definitive edition in the future when it comes out on the other consoles. And so we find ourselves in Nautica. Yes, and we also find ourselves as a fish. Yeah, I I was very... I mean, yes, I was surprised to be a fish. But I think I was more surprised that I was suddenly in Nautica. And what I'm really confused about is, when this tree blew up, did everybody just get thrown all over the world? We got scattered everywhere, clearly. I mean, that's the only possible solution, given what we've seen so far. I don't understand how these people are still alive. I mean, to be fair, none of them should be alive, and yet somehow all of them survived. It's the magic of being the heroes in a video game. Well, you can't even say it's... Well, here's the thing. They're not even the heroes anymore, because the Luminary's gone. Before, it was just Luminary magic. Although, the Queen does tell you, Oh, you still something, bring the light. Okay, lady... The, the shark will actually talk to you this time. Yeah, you can actually understand shark now. But the shark does not have any items for sale again. Which, now that I have my $87,000 back, it'd be nice that I'd be able to actually buy something. I will say, I, I, I took some of your advice before, and more, more so your, whenever I go to a shop, I just buy something. Because I was tired of the... Oh, what was that armor? The Drigris? Dundersil? Yeah. I don't know why I blanked on that, but Dundersil. Before you had told me last week that I couldn't, or that I was able to change my clothes to anything that I wanted, I had no idea, and so I was stuck in Dundersil for a while. Well, before I had kicked off the, like, like, right after I got out of being a fish, which I, I don't want to... I mean, yes, I'm skipping past it, but I'm going to rewind. I'm just saying. I was tired of the Dundersil armor, so I went out and I bought other armor. 
only to immediately go to a thing, a bookshelf, grab a book, and get goes, oh, by the way, all that stuff that you just bought, yeah, you can make now for like half the cost. <laughs> so that plan's garbage, literal garbage, never doing that plan again. I didn't tell you you needed to do that. I was just talking about how I've been doing things. You do what I you want. I understand that. What I'm telling you is the way you've been doing it is garbage. All right. I'll take that into consideration. With the, I mean, I with the utmost respect, uh, garbage. I'm, I would love to know where the respect in that sentence lies. I, I mean, I could have said many other things and I chose to just stick with garbage. Oh, I see. So the respect is that you like avoided profanities. No, not profanities. I just could have, I could have, I I mean, would you like me to get into it? No, I think you've made your point. (laughs) No, I I just, it seems like that always happens. I have a system, I deviate from my system, and immediately I'm punished for it. (laughs) I deviated from my power leveling plan, and that stupid spider immediately killed me. I deviated from this and immediately wasted five grand. Because it wasn't cheap, by the way. This was like a $5,000 piece of armor that when I go back to my thing, it's like, oh, by the way, you already have the equipment for this. <laughs> so mad. Uh, but that aside, we are a fish now. And everyone is in the, the guy who I guess has been taking care of us is so excited and immediately runs to see the queen and says, you need to catch up and you you need to talk to the queen. She wants to see you right away. Yeah. So obviously, you know, that's what we're about to do here is go. I guess before we go on too much, since you just talked about the shark and not having anything and so on, I feel like if there's anything in to the theory of, you know, there's going to be time travel or something, it's that dang shark. Because why even have a shop if you can't do anything with it? It bugs me. It's probably going to be open in Act 3, okay. assuming Nautica's still there. Yeah, which we'll get to here in a second. <laughs> you know, that little ominous tidbit. Which is the other part of where I'm like, well, I don't know how that's going so. So, yeah, to work. Maybe they just, Shark Week wanted you to talk to a shark or something. They're like real, Discovery Channel gave them some money and like, can you just talk to a shark? And it's like, fine, whatever. He's a shopkeeper and you can't even buy anything. But you can put your gold away. And it'll be recognized in all the other banks. <laughs> like the shopkeeper could have just, it could have just had the exact same items as everyone else. How? But well, well, wait a minute. There would be no items that would be useful to us as a fish. It's not like we can use a sword down there. Come to th- yeah, why is there even a weapon shop? Because what are they fighting? <laughs> I mean, I guess the mermaids could have weapons and stuff. That is, would be amazing. If all the mermaids were were just the equivalent of this of our world's like Amazons, and they were all like decked out awesome warriors that just went around slaying everything, that would be great. Not even this not world's to be Amazons, the case. like the DC universe's Amazons. <laughs> okay, what, what, yeah. I mean, what do you mean? I mean, the Amazons were a real. No, 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 I I know. I was I was just taking what you were saying and taking it to the next level. Oh, okay. I was like, wait. Yeah, no, Amazons were Amazons a real thing. Were I know. real, and they were definitely awesome. At least I think so. I mean, there is some understanding of that. Yeah, like I like a lot of things. You know, how much is real and how much isn't. I don't know, but like, yeah, there's you know, jungle 
warriors like that. I choose to believe that all of it's real. Okay, you and know, that's fair. Just people said ninjas weren't real until people found literal ninjas. So, well, I think with ninjas, it was always that it's not that they weren't real, so they couldn't do all the things that pop culture had them doing. But that's typical of basically everything. Pirates yeah. can't do all the things that One Piece pirates can do either. What are you? What are you even talking about? Yes, they definitely could. Have you even seen Ninja Assassin? <laughs> Have you even watched the documentary? Okay. It's real. I, this guy. Ninjas can't do what ninjas and pop... Co- Come on now. Anyway. I thought we were supplying actual information in this podcast. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so they want you to swim to see the queen. And, you know, you get brand new fish controls, which are interesting because it's, you know, this whole new uh, method of travel that we'll be using for approximately five minutes. And I am wondering if it's definitely going to come back into play. Because like I said, there are sections in the game where you can't swim right now. But seem like there's clearly a spot to swim at. And given that we're apparently going to be, you know, probably revisiting all the places that we went to in Act 1, having new paths open to us seems very likely. It seems really odd to create an entire mechanic just for one small section. Like, why even turn you into a fish in the first place? You wouldn't even need to have done that. Yeah. You could have you just had the other part. So I feel like there's something there. Because why go through all of that effort? Because you, you go up and you talk to the queen, and she's basically like, yo, you were basically dead, so I turned you into a fish. As one does. You've been, you've been asleep for months, and it's always, it comes back to, once again... Everybody else that we've seen was out doing stuff for at least some part of that time. So, like, yet again, somehow the Luminary just misses everything. Well, no, on on some level, I will say some of the... So, so like, I think Silvando was basically in a depression for several months. Oh, no, no, no. Jade, yes, establishes that she's been going around being Batman for a while. I don't disagree with that, but I guess what I'm getting at is none of them were in a coma for months, so they were still out there. Well, Eric was, because he woke up in jail, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he missed a certain amount of time. Everybody missed a certain amount of time, but none of them missed nearly as much as the Luminary did, is the impression I got. So, the impression I got was just that most of the storylines were picking up, supposed to be picking up at the exact same time that the Luminary wakes up. Oh, see, I got the, the impression I got was that this is what they've been doing while you're asleep. Well, yes, but it's very clear that at the end of that is when, hey, this is when the Luminary is going to come get you. Yeah. I mean, so yes, it's the end of the however many months they've been. And it seemed like Silvando was in a depression for most of that time. Eric seemed to be in jail for that whole time. It To me, it seems like the only people that were actually out doing stuff was like Rab and Jade. And and I could be wrong on Silvando and Eric. It's it's not even... Eric, I think, actually probably finished a little while because I have a feeling he's probably going to be whatever town he's in. He's probably going to have been there for a little while while in a state of, you know, amnesia. Yeah, that's you know what? That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. So so you're right. I mean, maybe again, I'm not going to. Here's the thing. I am not going to say that the luminary is not garbage. (laughs) I've been on that train for a while. That was the other thing. I was a little surprised that you were jumping to his defense. (laughs) I just wanted to say that somebody else was garbage. Uh, I mean, multiple people can be garbage. You've already established your opinions about Rab. (laughs) So really what's happening is garbage just runs in that family's bloodline. Well, I think Rab's decision-making is garbage. But 
now that he this happens and he was immediately like, I got to go train and get better. Okay, Rab, I'm going to give you a little bit. That is probably the best decision we've seen him make so far, yes. Yeah, I want to give him a, a, a little bit of benefit of the doubt here because that that is definitely a good decision. And that is interesting that he's the only one who came to that conclusion. Like, I mean, I guess Jade sort of by virtue of, like, okay, she's going around, she's basically training by virtue of Batmaning or whatever, but it is interesting that, like, Sylvanda's Sylvanda's (laughs) thought process isn't, I need to get stronger, it's, I'm gonna go be in a band, basically. I mean, are you surprised? No, it's 100% in character for him. It's just hilarious. I'm still confused as to where the the two girls are, but Whatever, I guess. Yeah, but so so you go talk to the queen, and yeah, she tells you, oh, you've been asleep for a while, a lot's changed, things are real bad, like real bad. And then she's going to go show you, using the magical thing that she has that lets her see what's happening on the surface. Yeah, I guess it uses rain. She can basically summon a storm anywhere and see everything through the raindrops. Yeah, she she can see through water, yeah. But... It's not only that she can see through any water, it's just that she can just create rain whenever she wants to, to look at anything. So that actually brings me to to a very interesting point. You know how in a lot of the time when major events were happening, it was raining? I wonder if that was done on purpose for my I, save file. I don't even think I remember. I don't like, I don't recall that, but I fully believe you that that happened. And that would be a really cool thing if that's the case. Almost every single time when there is a major event, it's specifically around the mermaid stuff. I noticed it a lot around the mermaid that there was tons of rain everywhere. I thought it was maybe like a hurricane metaphor or something, but basically the entire time you were talking to the mermaid and everything that was going on with the mermaid, it was always raining, not in the necessarily in the video, but in the overworld, it was almost always raining when you were doing that quest. Mm. And, and in other set parts of the game where big events have happened, I have noticed that in the overworld, it's raining. I, I can't say I've noticed that, but I, I, whether it was a coincidence or something that was scripted, that's still a, a cool touch with what we know here either way. And, and so you, you don't check up on any of your friends. No. Which she could have been like, she, she's like, hey, your friends are out there and they're trying to fight against the light and you're basically just a, 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 a lazy moron who's not doing anything. So, uh, can I see them? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, use your fin to find out how bad stuff really is when you're ready. So you find out how bad everything is and you're like, Oh cool. This is horrible. So about my friends. Nope. <laughs> and the whole area is immediately attacked. You, you hear like crashing. There's like an earthquake thing going on. And she's basically like, we don't have a whole lot of time. Follow me. The, the one like new thing you do get out of that is that somebody, some hero, because uh, th- they make a point that everybody just constantly refers to this person as the hero, is has set up a like camp for survivors where your hometown used to be. Yeah. And is like escorting survivors there and stuff. Except I got to be honest, this whole section... She tells you that right as you're about to, as she's about to basically blast you up to the surface without any, like, question or anything. She's just like, 
hey, by the way, something big is coming. Something big is going to attack us. We're probably going to fall. You are the you are the last hope for the world. And I'm like, you should know I'm not the luminary anymore. Also, Link, have you seen what's happened so far? I'm not sure you want to put all this responsibility on me. And she's talking about how the hero is there and there's a tiny spark and you need to go light the flame. Yeah, fan, to... the, fan the flame to make it into a full fire. Yes. And basically what she's saying is go team up with this hero and save the world, please. Please, we are begging you. <laughs> this thing's and are bad. And then she blasts you up without even asking. Because I'm like, is there an option for me to stay here and help? Like, this is crazy. What do you mean? Like, I, I can't do anything? I mean, to like, be fair, you did just establish you're a fish. What are you going to do? She she has the ability to turn you into a fish. She's got the ability to turn you back. So she's going to flop you up on land, and then you're just going to die immediately anyway because you're not a human again? Of course she has the ability to do that. Well, the way she describes it, it's that the spell is wearing off because her magic is fading because like she's been having to use it all for the barrier to keep the city safe that's falling and, well yeah that's what i'm saying is she can't just cut off the magic turn me back into a human wouldn't you i want to help wouldn't you just drown then she has the ability to help you breathe well she specifically says she had that's why she had to turn you into a fish because she couldn't get you to breathe otherwise i thought that's because you were you were you were dead and she was like the only way that anyone could have worked on you here is if you were a fish I thought she specifically established, yeah, I turned you into a fish because no one knew how to work on humans. I don't know, maybe. I, regardless, you, you, you don't get a choice and it's time to go. Just as, as the giant monsters, the, the giant aquatic monsters break into, you know, not The last Atlantis. thing that you see is that this humongous, like, island-sized creature is about to rain fire down on this city. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't even get a choice here. Can I, like, go back and help? But you don't have a ship. You don't have anything. So it's not like you can just do that. So you're just like, cool, I guess I'm just going to show up on some random beach. Uh, but you you get put into this section where it's just you and a hook. And, yeah, you can swim around, but you can't do anything until you bite that hook. It's like, okay. Even though logically, yeah, like, I should know I shouldn't do this, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like, can I just grab onto it with my fin or something? But he pulls you out. And you get a, you get this little cutscene of the fisherman being all excited because he's finally caught a fish. And, you know, he's actually going to get to eat. And then it's really depressing realizing that, no, sorry, buddy, you're not. What if her magic had not wore off, though? And you were still a fish. I know. Yeah, I thought about that, too. So yeah, after he pulls you up and throws you into the boat, you turn right back into the luminary and... It, it, like I, he's so devastated, and I feel really bad for this guy because, like, obviously he's not gonna, you know, you're a person. And he's like, he even he's like, man, I don't care how hungry you are, you don't eat the bait off of another man's hook. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? Come on, man. Then he's like, uh, let me let's row back to safety. I can at least give you a place to stay tonight, but essentially there's no food. Like, yeah, okay, I don't. That's not a metric for me anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, like I don't eat at all, as far as I can tell. You don't need to worry about that, buddy. Last time I checked, I... Wait, am I the Luminary anymore? And you look down at your hand, and it's like, it's still there, but that guy definitely crushed it, so... Yeah, and it, it, it definitely disappeared in that video, but yeah, there it's, it's there again. I don't really understand. But he, he takes you back to shore, and after a night's rest, you get up in the morning, and uh, he basically... 
he's talking to you for a minute and then he's like get down get down get down and like a whole bunch of creatures are flying out of uh some stronghold Heliodor allegedly Castle. going to attack uh like this last bastion place yeah they're coming out of Heliodor castle the monsters have a thing there it's what he says and that he he says that hey man so there's nothing i can do for you at this point and there's basically no food so i'm going to suggest you go there he he didn't exactly say that he said your option is to go to the last bastion but you can't stay here. Yeah. He's basically like, get out. Which is, again, totally understandable. Like, you know, he, he took care of you, but if he doesn't have food, it's not like he can do much for you if he can't even feed himself. So It's like, I understand that, but it's like, hey, man, did, maybe I could help you get food or something, possibly. I mean, should, that's just... I mean, it, it could just be a repeated model, but he definitely shows up in the town in later cutscenes and stuff though so maybe he does come with you you just don't they repeat talk about so it. many models like, yeah all who the, knows a lot of the girls in this game maybe uh, but he, his model was relatively distinct i don't remember anybody with that particular hairstyle i wasn't paying attention to his hairstyle i guess you could have talked to him and see if he recognized you no it was Did just you in cutscenes you help me although i'm pretty sure that guy has been there since the first time you were there because he was definitely there before standing outside and Here's the thing. It said Last Bastion is to the south of Heliodor. Yeah. I walked all the way up to Heliodor because I had no idea what that meant. And I was like, well, if it's to the south of it, then maybe it's like set up right outside the castle or something. Did you just not look at the map? I look at the map all the time. Yes, I looked at the map. I didn't see the the thing at the very, very bottom that said Last Bastion. I walked all over the map three times trying to find this place. And I walked past that dude multiple times, and he was definitely still standing there. But eventually I find the last bastion. Which is cobblestone, yeah. They've replaced. They they basically, whoever this mysterious hero is, has been essentially rebuilding it with, with tents and stuff for people to stay. Well, not even just the hero, but the king is there too. Yes. Also, because you don't even meet the hero yet. The right. king is the first person that you meet outside of you're immediately greeted by uh, the dog from the beginning of the game. Right. And then um, Gemma and you get to learn that. Oh, surprise. It turns out that time when you thought everybody was dead, they're not actually. They just got held in the castle because the hero stopped Jasper from killing them all. And at this point, I'm like, look, I, there's only one person, quote unquote, the hero could be. Just stop doing this. Yeah, it's, it's very clear that it's Hendrick. Right. Like, it's so very clear. Like, like who else on. could have been talking to Jasper? Like, they even on. showed you a picture of his back. It's like, just say Hendrick. Like, right. everyone knows who he is. Yeah, but they, they specific, like, even the king just refers to him as the hero and stuff. I'm like, he's your knight. Come on, man. This is getting stupid. Maybe it's because Heliodor's basically fallen at this point, so they're like... Maybe, but everybody still recognizes him as the king. And, like, know, he man. still has knights and stuff that help. I have no, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I, I think it's stupid too, but it's very clear that it's Hendrick. It's like, this is not a what moment because no. Hendrick was there when the king was no longer possessed. Yeah. Like it, it is extremely like, come on, <laughs> we know who this is, but and, you, uh, you go back and you talk to Gemma, who, you know, is super excited to see you. Of course you get to go talk to your mom and then she eventually sends you to go meet the king. Yeah. She's like, um, by the way, the king's here and he really wants to meet you. 
and you know you really need to be nice to him and i'm like <laughs> what did you just say to me i'm about to go in that tent and kick the crap out of him <laughs> yeah I, I thought the same I'm thing. I'm going to go in the tent and slap him around. He ain't my king. I've met multiple kings at this point, And last time I checked, I'm the freaking luminary. I'm going to go. I am above everybody at this point, considering we are literally in the darkest timeline possible. I am going to walk up to that king. And if he doesn't do what I want, I am going to kick him to the curb. And, and here's um, the thing. like I've met basically every king that exists in this world currently, and of all of them, he treated me by far the worst. Like, I don't have to be nice to anybody. That's not what I'm about. At least of all, that guy who threw me in jail. Because the very first thing I'd say to him is, hey man, I heard you want to see me. You want to throw me in prison again? Jerk? But no, as it turns out, uh, he just wants to apologize for everything, and also to have you meet the hero. Not really. I, I He apologized, but it is like the most underhanded apology ever. Because he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I I was possessed and I didn't really know what was going on. I have like faint, a faint idea of what happened to you. And, you know, I was possessed. I mean, to be he fair, that's really objectively comes out true. And apologizes. At least not that I saw. Maybe I was overwhelmed with anger when I saw his <laughs> like Dr. Zero looking face, but... I do not remember an apology. All I remember was excuses. Oh, the hero helped me, and the hero this, the hero that, and, you know, I'd like you to to work with the hero. He's basically treating me like one of his knights. I'm like, dude, you are absolutely nothing to me. I will help because that's what I do. I ain't doing it because you're asking me to, though. I'm (laughs) doing it because it's the right thing to do. This has nothing to do with you. I mean, do you remember an actual apology? I mean, I don't remember him going into a whole big thing, but I swear he said he was sorry at some point for what had happened. Meanwhile, throwing on a bunch of excuses, which is not a real apology. You're either sorry or you're not. You don't have to give me a thousand excuses as to why it happened. I know I was there. Oh, feel bad for me. I was because then he's like, you know, I was possessed since that day. Oh, cool. My parents were killed that day. And I was isolated from everybody. And you said I was the dark spawn that entire time. This isn't an apology, bro. I don't feel bad for you. Well, but I mean, if he's possessed, he's not even the one doing that. I understand that, but that doesn't mean I have to feel bad for the guy. No, but like, I guess I'm just not sure that like, of literally, as far as excuses go, I literally did not have control of my actions seems like a pretty decent one. I'm not going to say it isn't a good excuse, but that's not a good apology. Just saying, oh, woe is me. I had all these problems too, so just suck it up and deal with it is not an apology. That is what I got out of the conversation because I felt I was treated very poorly. Regardless, the hero is back with some people, so it's time for you to go meet him now. They want you to, and and again, and I have to keep emphasizing this, even now, the king still says, the hero is here. You should go meet the hero. And I'm like, it's so artificial that you keep calling him that. Like, this is stupid. But, yeah, so it's time to go meet, you know, the person who's definitely not going to be Hendrik. And then, shock, it turns out it's Hendrik. <laughs> like, wow, what an actual surprise. Because, I mean, he even says, like, you know, even though you may not want to see him, because I know uh, the hero and you didn't get along so well. I'm like, it's Hendrik. Stop it. 
we know who it is. So, yeah, shocking, truly, everyone's mind is blown by the fact that Hendrick is running this place now. I mean, I guess good for him. I'm glad to see that of all the people he's, you know, well, he's doing not what running he can. it. The, again, the king is still running it. He is running the army. He's the general, but the king is still running this whole camp, which, in my opinion, again, yes, you didn't specifically have these people killed, but if I. If I was any of these people, I'd be like, bro, why don't you just take a step back for a bit? See, the way they're talking, though, it really seems like Hendrik really is in charge, whether even though he's not the king. Like, the way everybody frames it, Hendrik gets, does, like, runs things. At least that's the impression I got. Not that it super matters either way. Well, and maybe that's true. I don't know for sure. I mean, if, I guess where I'm going is if you're living in a place where literally everyone refers to you as the hero and you're, like, who's going to stand up and say, actually, you know what, hero? No. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out you're not the hero. But, yeah, so it's time to... You meet Hendrik, and uh, he informs that on the way back, there was a big thing of monsters coming, which, hey, we saw those. (laughs) And that they're probably going to attack tonight, and so the troops got to go get ready. And, of course, the king would like you to help. Well, yes, of course. And, and, and it's not that he would like you to. He specifically orders you to. I mean, he, he I don't says, even think you, I don't even think you get a yes no option on that one. I think it just happens. Yeah, because I definitely would have been like, I mean, no, you did get a yes or no. I do remember that. You don't get a yes or no when the king specifically orders you to do something later. So you do. He does ask for your help in this instance, but then when you say yes, he's basically just uses that as a okay. Well, you're just gonna do whatever I want. At least, I'm just saying, I'm real salty about this. I can tell. You have some real passion about the issue of this particular king. Because it's mostly because, I, in my opinion, his apology is hollow. I get that it wasn't him. I understand that. But still just going, well, I was possessed that whole time. We just have to move on. Is a bad apology. He could have at least went, I'm sorry for the things that he did for you while he was me. And I don't even remember that. I'm going to go back and specifically watch a video so that maybe I can retract all of my statements and think that somehow the king is amazing again. I'm not saying I think he's amazing. I guess I'm just saying like I don't hold a whole lot of bitterness for him considering the circumstances. Uh, I do. I know. I'm saying like I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the king's super awesome or whatever. All, I, all I'm saying is at least to me. I, He's the one that hard. allowed himself to be possessed. If he wasn't weak, this <laughs> wouldn't have happened. Yeah, maybe. Rab didn't get possessed. The other kings didn't get possessed. But this guy got possessed. Well, I mean, seems like Jasper was working. I can only assume Jasper's been working with the Lord of Shadows for a while so that he could, you know, have them invade at the right time and stuff, right? So most likely Jasper specifically was like, that's the dude him screw that guy i mean maybe that's that's potentially true but he still allowed himself to be possessed he still let it happen did he fight that entire time for decades who knows I'm just saying man i i'm just saying i am not willing to just roll over and suddenly be the the knight the king wants me to be anyway so you got to go fight the monsters <laughs> also at some point the uh the game <laughs> has decided that I think we talked about this in the Switch stuff, but a lot of the monsters now have red eyes and they're stronger. 
and that's how they're just doing the monsters are harder now. It's not like there's new mo- there's a few new monsters, but generally it's literally the same monsters, but they're hard, but they're harder. And even by the standards of other RPGs, where like frequently you get a uh, you know the same monster type, but like a different coloration or something, exactly the same, but their eyes are red, feels a little weak to me. I'm going to be perfectly honest. And you're not going to get any disagreement from me here. I will say, though, I ran into a... Oh, they're also called Vicious now. When you run into the red-eyed versions, I did get a Vicious Metal Slime, and that thing was worth 12000 and I was super excited. Was it worth 12000 Yep, sure was. I ran into one, too, and I don't remember getting that much experience, and I definitely killed it. I've actually run into a few and only managed to kill one, but yeah, no, it was worth 12000 I was very excited. That's like chicken scratch, as far as I know. Not really. I'm all, you're only a couple levels higher than me at this point. What level are you? Uh, 42. That's still chicken scratch. When you, it's still chicken scratch compared to what the game thinks you should be. <laughs> so you have to, you go out there and you line up with everybody else and it's time to fight. And it's a big old horde of monsters. And it's kind of a cool little movie of, you know, the, the big like tide of monsters running at you and Hendrick commanding people and, you know, archers firing and all these things that logically should be happening in fights that we never get. Cause everybody just stands there and takes turns. <laughs> And then you have to go around and you can get you can go help all the soldiers and stuff. And I did make sure to go run around and help all the other soldiers because they all give you some relatively decent items. Nothing super amazing, but I just wanted to help them. And I, did, I got to Hendrick last because it was the obvious boss fight. Because, you know, of course, he's up there fighting a whole bunch of monsters by himself because he's the general. I had no idea you could help those people. I just walked straight to Hendrick. Oh, yeah. No, I, I helped everybody. And they do give you, like, random items and stuff. I had no idea you could help those people. Well, because I walked up and I touched the creatures and nothing happened. So I just, I was like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to just go help Hendrick then. Well, no, I touched the creatures and I got into fights. <laughs> Interesting. Because I know I bumped several of them and definitely didn't get anything. Interesting. Unless the game was in that confused state where they should be running away, but they can't because it's a script and it didn't know what to do. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. Because what level were you when you hit this area? Like, probably 40. Because everything still runs away. Does everything run away from you at this point? I think things have started to recently, but, like, near the end of this section. But in general, up until then, they weren't. I just don't understand how you've leveled up to 40 to 42. Because I'm 45 on almost every single character, and... All the way up to the point that I'm at now with the Luminary, I have not leveled up once with yeah, I, any of the characters. Any of them. I leveled up twice as the Luminary in this section. So, Well, that's what I'm getting at. Is I, I And I think um, Jade leveled up once in the Coliseum section, and that was it. That was it for me as far as leveling goes. Not one character leveled up for me at all. So apparently the experience to level up Oh, it, have gone it, up it escalates a lot. Like, I mean, if you go in and look at the at the thing, the amount you need to level up is it it's, it increases a lot every time you level up. I don't know what the exact formula is, obviously, because I just you know I'm not going to sit there and do the math, but I'm sure you could find it online. But it definitely and that's definitely true for Dragon Quest because in the old ones, like I remember playing Dragon Quest Eight, and it felt like every five levels you had to double the amount of to- your total amount of experience to get five more levels. Like, it, it, it escalates very quickly. Hmm. 
but your level seems to make a relatively big deal because just like in a lot of RPGs, I'm pretty sure the level that you are goes into a lot of the calculations on things, even if your stats haven't changed a whole lot. Well, so in that case, I am like way overpowered compared to you then because three levels can make a huge difference. Potentially. I'm also sitting on like 90 skill points at this point because uh, it refunds all your luminary skill points and you can't go into that section of the tree. That section is just completely gone now. Which is confusing because, again, if you're not the luminary anymore, what, what's why do you still have the little the little pendant thing? Everyone still refers to you as the luminary, even though Hendrik clearly knows you're not the luminary anymore. He was there when it happened. So was the king. Bo- the king was probably passed out. I was going to say, like, the king probably has a decent reason to not remember. But. Like, Hendrik knows you're not the luminary anymore. But anyway, you get into a fight with him. You, you walk up there and... Now it's time to fight with Hendrik. And Hendrik is basically treating you at first, before you even start the battle, when you when this soldier walks up and stands you right next to Hendrik, he kind of looks at you, gets like really mad for a second, and like grips his his um uh the things on his horse. And I was wondering if he They're was called like, reins. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> when you I I was wondering it seemed to me like he was disappointed in himself, but it wasn't exactly clear and almost made it seem like he was just ticked that you were even there. I think he's just angry in general during this entire section, which I kind of get. Like, the, he, he doesn't talk much, and he, I mean, not that Hendrik talked a ton before, but I, I think in this whole section, it's mostly him, like, like you say, mad at himself and, like, frustrated that it took him so long to figure things out, and, you know, he probably feels at least somewhat responsible for everything. Yeah. Because certainly compared to, I mean, obviously Jasper being clearly just established evil since he was willingly working with the Darkspawn and the King, you know, not having control of his actions or whatever. Hendrik was the one who was in the best position to do something. And especially after like Jade specifically pleaded with him and stuff, I'm sure he's been thinking about those moments and like, what if I had listened to her back then? On some level, I think he kind of was because it sounded like he had been tracking Jasper for a while. Because when he when he was talking to the king at the very end, he was like, see, I I knew, I told you that he's been doing these things. It seemed like he was kind of keeping tabs on him for a bit. At the very least, certainly since what happened in uh, Sniffleheim, obviously, but it, it, he, he may have had his, speci- his suspicions before then, and then that just kind of confirmed everything. Well, as we'll find out, I mean, he is the one, we found out in this section, he is the one that showed up. After Jasper was there, Jasper specifically rounded everybody up into town in the center to kill them all. Yes, and the townspeople... Hendrick showed up and stopped him and just threw them in jail. Yeah. I think it's been since then that he was like, uh, hey, Jasper, what's going on, my dude? You didn't need to kill all those people. I'm sure he's been suspicious for a while, but yeah, like... I. Who knows when he actually, like, made the leap to, yeah, I think Jasper might actually be the bad guy here. Yeah, I mean, it it sounds like the the, the fact that they brought that up specifically makes it kind of seem like that's might be around the time that Hendrick was like, <laughs> uh, hey, man, what's going on? You didn't need to kill all those people. Well, so it's very likely that, like, pretty much the every time we've run into Jasper, he's been morally conflicted this whole time between his qualms about what's happening and his, you know, his obligation to his kingdom. But now is the time for him to fight side by side with the Luminary. And so for this section, Jasper is, you know, a guest character. And so 
this fight is extremely easy because Jasper basically is, he has a skill where he basically just tanks all the damage. And since he can't die because he's a guest, it's like, oh, well, this is super easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he just usually has a skill he uses all the time. It's basically like every every attack goes to Jasper or to Hendrick. It's like, oh, cool. I did think it was interesting how they did doula hands in this game. Normally, they have, I, I, I mean, obviously all doula hands don't have a head. But generally, they're holding their head. And in this case, it looked like they were holding a shield that acted as their head. And I thought that yeah. was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's not... definitely that's definitely the, the design. Yeah, because like the shield, like when you confront the boss, which is one, the shield talks to you. And like its mouth, the, the face on the shield moves and stuff. So yeah, that definitely seems like the design they were going for. And I thought that was kind of an interesting distinction from Doolahan's out, you know, as they're typically portrayed. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was... I, honestly, in general, like, not to talk about cute or whatever again, but I do think Dragon Quest has really good monster designs. That's like the second time you brought it up in this podcast alone. I haven't talked about monster designs. I, I've talked about them being cute or whatever, but like I said, independent of that, even the ones that aren't cute or something like that, I just, I think it has a really good sense of design for the monsters. I, I don't disagree with you. I just thought that it was funny because you were like, you know, not to keep bringing this up, but... It's the second time in this podcast alone. I think well, it's I was gonna, mentioned in every I, podcast at this point. Part of why I'm bringing this up is one thing I do. An for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Siri. It, uh, honestly, just like get him to stop talking about the monsters. Like we know. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> she's not going to help me. I was actually partially bringing it up because in contrast, as far as like the, the the models for people go, other than obviously the main characters and you know important characters get more detail and things like that. But like, how many times have we seen that same you know guy who has no shirt and wears the bull helmet, for example? By that same token, we've seen the same monster about a thousand times, and you even reiterated yourself earlier that they are reusing the same models and only giving them red eyes. Yes, and I also established that that particular part of it, I think, is disappointing, but the original designs for the monsters themselves, I think, are fairly interesting, whereas the generic people, like the, the, you know, the basic NPCs, don't have a ton of personality, I don't think. There are generic NPCs that are everywhere, but there are also generic NPCs for each city, which have been different almost every time. Yeah, there have been, like, different cities have definitely had some distinct stuff, certainly more than in previous games, but it's kind of interesting for as big as Dragon Quest is, it has almost sort of a a low-budget kind of feel to it. Like, and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, like, you know, obviously it's this big, prolonged thing. Part of, part of it is, up until this one, we didn't get the orchestral music, we got, like, chip tunes, and that kind of made it feel a little more low-budget, because the music in Dragon Quest is really good, but normally we don't get, like, the good version of the music. And there's a whole story about that that um, I don't want to go into, because it's a little more depressing than you... or a little creepier than you would think for something like that, but... Wow. But, like, the, the fact that we actually... Even the music is creepy in, in Dragon Quest. They just can't stop being creeps, apparently. The... Okay, well... So, the, the composer of Dragon Quest is essentially a... Uh, He's a Japanese supremacist, let's just be clear with it. And he's established that basically under his contract, no one outside of Japan was allowed to have any of the music. So they had to like recompose all the music in a crappier version out for everywhere outside of Japan. Like I said, apparently the people who work on Dragon Quest are just a bunch of creeps. Yeah. 
And apparently that's changed now because we actually got that. Or maybe Square was finally just like, no. <laughs> but I mean, maybe he's changed specifically, but it's not like they've changed anything else. Except Puff Puff is apparently just putting makeup on now. I mean, Puff Puff is whatever you want it to be in your heart, I feel like. I don't know because they, they keep specifically bringing up makeup and going to school for makeup whenever they do it to you in this game. It might yeah, have been it might have been up to your interpretation before, or maybe it's just one of those things that this is the American version. I'd be interested to see what the Japanese sub is for what Puff Puff is in Dragon Quest Eleven, but apparently in the American version they specifically talk about putting makeup on. Which is maybe that was Nintendo's concession. They're like, Puff Puff needs to be makeup. It's like, wait a minute. What about all that stuff where you sexualize Jade? No, no, no. That's fine. But Puff Puff needs to just be makeup. <laughs> it's okay when it happens to NPCs, but nothing like that can happen to a character, to the player character. So it's makeup. Yeah, you know. Anyway, so, so, so anyway, <laughs> like, we were fighting. We we were fighting these people. We get in a fight and we win. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's to, what to, it comes to take down the long to. way around. Yeah, we we get into a fight and we win, and then of course we go back, and now the king, you know, has a new task for us. Well, first there's a huge party. I do want to say that there is a pretty big party after you guys, specifically after you get through this wave of, of attacks. Everybody kind of throws a bit of a party, and they're like. You know, it, it, it's good. We saw you out there. You were doing great. We loved it. And uh, the king is also like, well, hey, man, so I got a task for you tomorrow. So get, don't get stay up too late. Yeah. There, there was one thing that was really funny out of the battlefield, though, and you probably didn't get it since you headed straight to uh, Hendrick. But in one of the groups of soldiers, there's a guy who's like lying on the ground like he's dead. But you, but he had a talk bubble. And if you go up to him, he's like what are you doing? I'm trying to get them to ignore me because I'm playing dead. And I'm like, cool, dude. <laughs> Way to contribute. Like, thanks, man. Uh, what was your name and uh, the soldier number again? Yeah. So um, I can just go ahead and report you to everybody. <laughs> but he was the only one. Everybody else was up and fighting, but that one guy was just like, and if you actually like, the, you know, when you stand next to him and don't say anything and the little bubble, like they'll have little talk bubbles that will appear before you even talk to him. And it was like, <laughs> was like, oh no, I'm dead. Like he was like fake moaning and stuff. It's like, well, you can't be dead if you're if you're saying something, man. <laughs> like I don't know how I don't know how dumb you think monsters are, but I think they're going to see through that. Uh, so it's the next morning after the battle, and, and as promised, the king has a task for you. And he's basically like, hey, so Hendrick is kind of already on his way out. We need you, and he specifically says. Or no, you know what? He, I'm pretty sure he tells you this the night before. Well, I think Hendrick is there, yeah. And then because then when you wake you up in the, the morning, night before yeah. this is a conversation the night before, before everything, Hendrick is there with the king right after the whole battle, and he's basically like, "Now we won the war, or, or we won this battle, but in order to win the war, you have to take back Heliodor Castle. Like that's where all this stuff is coming from. You have to deal with that." Also, there's somebody in the camp around this time, and it may even have been before the first thing, but somebody says something about there were rumors that there was a, a human that was leading this army of monsters. And of course, my reaction is, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Gosh, what other human do we know of that would totally be hanging out with the monsters doing stuff? I can't think of a single person. You're right. It's a mystery. We'll never know. Uh, but so Hendrick is specifically 
he keeps arguing with the king. He's like, dude, I have to stay here. They're going to attack again. And the king is like, no, we are going to lure them out. And you and the luminary are going to go in tomorrow and take out the person who's leading this army. And Hendrick is like, I, I can't do that. Yeah, we we're putting everybody to. in danger. He's like, everyone's going to die if we do that. And the king is like, everyone's going to die anyway if we just stay here and do nothing. I'm like, I'm not on good terms with him right now, but he got a point, Hendrick. Yeah, like, if you don't do something, like, I mean, you, they may not die tomorrow, but they're going to die eventually because at some point, just by sheer numbers, the monsters are going to win. And, and so the plan is just that they are going to lure the monsters away. And once that happens, you guys are going to sneak in and go deal with whoever is doing this. Right, and he gives you the key to the sewers, so it's back where we escaped from the castle the first time. And you actually have a flashback to when you jump off the side. Yes. All the way back in like 50-some hours ago. And if I remember correctly, the king even specifically says, I think this is where you escaped before. I'm like, so you do have a really good memory, by the way. If I don't, I don't remember, remember him so saying that at all. I thought he did. I mean, maybe he did, but I don't remember that. Because... May I mean, maybe he didn't. Maybe it was something Hendrick said. I don't know, but I could have sworn somebody said it because that's why the flashback. I mean, H Hendry, Hendrick was actually there, so it would make sense for him to know that. But All I know is I'm going to go back and watch that specifically. I mean, you could be right. Maybe he did say that. I just don't remember it. But yeah, so he gives you the key to the sewers so you can go through here and sends you off to go to Heliodor. Well, this is right. He doesn't send you off until the next morning. Oh, right. Yes, you're right. So when you get up the next morning, you get out there and you see Hendrick and he's basically like, did anybody actually let you sleep last night? He's like, with all the partying and everything. And he's like, yeah, I kind of figured. I'm like, I didn't say anything, but okay. Thanks, man. And then your your mom comes out and wants to talk to you about how, you know, how proud she is of you and stuff. And I'm like, thanks, mom. I'm glad that somebody's, <laughs> you know, consistently been cool. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the king more or less orders you to do this. And he's basically like, because I think before all this happened, he said, can you put your, like, before the original battle, I think he specifically asked, can you put your differences aside because it's Hendrick? Yeah. Except and, it, he still refused to say that, but otherwise, yeah. I thought he specifically said, it's somebody you know, Hendrick. He definitely say, says it's somebody you know, but I thought he still didn't say that it was Hendrick until you actually met Hendrick. Regardless. Well, how could you say yes or no if you didn't know it was actually Hendrick? Video games. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said Hendrick. At that point. I didn't think he actually asked you yes or no until you had already met Hendrick, honestly. But anyway, uh, so yeah, your mom comes out and, you know, encourages you that when everything's done and the world is saved and stuff, like you may be the luminary, but you're still her son and she'll always have a big pot of stew waiting for you. And I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. And this is where Hendrick actually tells you, he's like, listen, he gives you an actual apology. Unlike the king, he also tells his horse Obsidian, which is like an awesome, by the way. Hendrick yeah. just could not be cooler. Hend Hendrick is pretty rad. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, we were already warming up to him a lot, even in Act 1. But now in Act 2, when he's, you know, not trying to kill us, he's a pretty cool dude. He is like the, the male romance option that everyone has been waiting for. Because uh, Hendrick is just, like, the best. And his horse, Obsidian, he's like, make sure his mom makes it back okay. And it's like, dude, you could not possibly be cooler. Like I, whenever I look over at Hendrick, my eyes get all sparkly, and I'm like, oh, 
I mean, I mean, Hendrick's cool, but if we're talking about male romance options, Sohando still has my heart. But he's got time. He may overtake him, but he is definitely awesome. I am not disputing his awesomeness. Silvando to me is just too too crazy. He's got too much going on. You know, he just he does whatever he does. That's too much for me. Hendrick is is very, you know, stoic and doesn't let you in and is a bit of a jerk and that's again, you know. That is your type. You established that. <laughs> Hendrick is is the one I've been waiting for. You you have established that he is your type. I mean, that that, that is very consistent for you. <laughs> so Vondo to me has really strong dandelion energy. <laughs> yes. Yes. D- 100%. Or, you know, Jaskier if you watched the show, but but yeah, he gives me that vibe to an extreme level. Yeah. We're talking about Witcher by the way for those yes, who yes, apparently if you haven't watched that playthrough. Yes. Listened, watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about Dandelion from The Witcher. Yeah. But and, and and so he apologizes and basically says I'm angry at myself for everything that has happened. He's like, for for allowing myself to be, to just think this way and act this way. And, and to, to contribute to this, even if I didn't mean to. Yeah. And, and he, he, it's not just, because I was kind of expecting the whole, well, you know, I was just following orders, but he doesn't even say that. He's like, this, I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. He's like, I should have formed my own opinions. I should have realized what was going on. And he's like, I should have been better. And I'm like, thank you. That's the apology I've been waiting for from literally you too. The apology I'm never going to get from the king, but at least Hendrik is like, dude, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't even have an excuse. I'm just sorry. No, I mean, 100% Hendrik's uh, apology is much better than the king's, whether the king actually did one or not. Like, even if he did, that I remember he kind of did. Like, you know, Hendrik's is infinitely better for sure. So still in this section, Hendrik is uh, still your, still a guest. So as far as the party is concerned, it's just the luminary still for this entire section as you head back to Heliodor Castle. Yes. And, and and once you make it there, I was already familiar with the layout. Oh, I found out, by the way. Now, yeah. in practice, I don't know how much this is or if it actually does anything because, I, like I said, I have not leveled up. Apparently, in the Switch version, I was... Specifically looking at all of the changes, when you're on the horse and you blast an enemy away, it apparently gives you experience. Yes, as long as you, um, if if you're strong enough that you defeat it, which I think anything that would run away from you, the horse will defeat it. Yeah, so like all the big creatures, I was plowing through all of them. I was just blasting through everything and the horse was just kicking them all off to the side. Again, I never leveled up from it, so I don't know how much experience you're going to get. Because I haven't figured out where my experience counter actually is. It's under attributes in the menu. Oh, well, maybe I'll look next time. But this whole section, I've started riding the horse a ton because I'm just blasting through enemies now. Or when you're at the priest, the priest can tell you to. When, when I was specific, when I realized that, I was like, cool, I'm going to use the horse now. And I just go around in giant circles, just blasting through all the enemies because it's just fun to do anyway. And now that I know that I'm getting something out of it, I'm like, awesome. Honestly, that particular thing reminded me of um, Earthbound a lot because that was one of the things that, and when Earthbound did it, I don't think, I, I feel like it was the first thing to ever do that because that was all the way back in like, you know, the Super Nintendo. But once you finished a dungeon in Earthbound and, you know, got like the big item at the end or whatever, 
enemies in the area would basically you would basically insta defeat them if you got a sneak attack on them and get the experience for it. If, if they ran into you or something, then they would still be a fight. But if you like, instead of you know just getting the advantage or whatever, you just instantly defeated them and and got the exp for it, and that was really cool. And that kind of reminds me of this. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I've never been as into Earthbound as a lot of people are, but it definitely had some cool ideas going on. As always, Nintendo, you know, ahead of the game. But back to the game we're actually playing. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you, you, I don't know anything about Earthbound, so we're we're like it's I have no clue. <laughs> it's a RPG Nintendo made age it back for the Super Nintendo. That I'm is, aware of what it is. Okay. I've just never so that's a super cult classic because it. it sold really badly at the time and so like now, you know, it's one of those things that's worth hundreds of dollars. Well, because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. Right. I never played Earthbound at the time either. I did it way later, but... I only have a I think most people's... Just like Fire Emblem, I think most people's original exposure to Earthbound was through Smash Brothers. The the only consoles I ever had growing up was... I had a Nintendo, then I got an N64, and then I skipped right to PlayStation 2. And I bought your Dreamcast. You did, yes. I had a GameCube, and then ever since then, I pretty much had every... Once you reach the point where you actually have a disposable income. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm the same once way. I once I reached I the, the point, point where I had a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, is a mistake in itself. Right. But... That's, a, that's a different discussion. <laughs> once I got to the point where I had, you know, endless quote-unquote money... Then I was able to have all of the consoles. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm still paying for some of them, but... Yikes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you go ahead and go through into the sewers. Did you go uh, see the dragon again? Oh, yeah, of course I killed the dragon. Oh, I didn't fight the dragon, but I... Oh, I, I did. I saw it and killed it. I, I'm sure I probably could have, yeah, but I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I'm just going to go over here and steal your stuff, and then I'll, I'll see you later, dragon. It did, like, 65 damage to me, and I was like... <laughs> You nice. done, son. I want to know where all those metal slimes went that we ran away from in the beginning. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I was upset about that. I wish I had. I wish that a metal slime had showed up with my fight with the dragon. But it I know, right? The dragon did give you. I think it gave me ten thousand experience. That's cool. again. I still didn't level up from anything. Like, I still have not leveled up as the luminary. I'm at the point where I'm traveling with the luminary and everything like that. You're, you're probably I, pretty close, but. Yeah, I just, I'm like... But yeah, the the two ways you can check it, you can check it at, like, a priest or goddess statue, or you can check it through the attributes menu. The the Doing it through the priest or whatever tells you the whole party's thing at once. But, once you get there, you kind of walk off to the side, and a whole bunch of creatures suddenly leave. And, and Hendrik looks over, and he's like, now's the time. We have to go in now. Yeah. And he's he kind of reflects on. I hope everybody's going to be okay. I hope that this is going to work out. And right, but we absolutely cannot fail because right. the the people are counting on us. Because again, he's a cool dude. Yeah, who you know, actually seems to be like a good knight in the, what the knights were you know theoretically supposed to do, of like try to take care of the peasantry and stuff. Yeah, so like the chivalrous knights in Witcher, it, it's kind of like that. Yes, it's like that's what he actually is. Because he clearly cares about not just, you know, his obligation to his king, but other people, which is in kind of in short supply, it feels like. Well, and that's the thing. And his king was telling him that he's the Darkspawn. And Hendrik, I mean, I get it. He he probably wouldn't know. And yeah, he's really 
kicking himself about it. And that's and that's why I feel like, again, not to keep bringing it up, but <laughs> Hendrick just seems truly sorry. And the king is just like, hey, sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, I don't disagree that Hendrick uh, is. I mean, it's clear, like we were even saying earlier, even in the fight and stuff, like in the initial time you fight with him, that he's very upset about everything. And that's why I'm just like, oh, Hendrick, dude. So what's up, man? So we're heading into the castle and you go through, you start, you know, down in the dungeon. So now we get to go back through and get those treasure chests that you're talking about, except for the one door that's still locked that we can't get. Yes, I have no idea. Like how on, where do you get this key? Well, there's got to be at least one more that does things because there's been other doors that just like out in the world map. There's just a like a cage with a thing in it. You can't get into that either. So there's got to be at least one more key. And I am just wondering where the heck I get this key from. Probably. I don't want to keep going back to all these sections. <laughs> well, I mean, if Act 2 is going to have us revisiting everything, then maybe we're going to revisit everything a third time in Act 3. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I will say, that's definitely disappointing. Like, I don't know what's going to go on. Maybe there's going to be some world-changing event, but it's I like, mean, at least, cool. At least this time, like, it is disappointing that we're reusing the exact same thing, but at least, like, enough stuff has changed that it is different, like, and kind of interesting. But if they try to pull that again in Act 3, yeah, that's going to be really annoying. Well, I mean, enough stuff has changed, and by that you mean there's, like, a couple of, of wood wood stake things that are blocking your way. Well, but also, like, the, the like, you know... <laughs> Half the ground's on fire, and like the, you know, the, the castles falling oh, apart. There's like, some rubble everywhere. I mean, like the point is that the map they, they at least it's not like it's the exact same map. They put some effort into changing things around some. And, and uh, yes, I, I don't want to say that there wasn't any effort in there, but you're right. I mean, this when you were saying it feels kind of under budget. It's like, yeah, I can see it reusing the entire world map twice and and the fact is like now that you don't have Silvando and you don't have a ship you can't just go anywhere and do whatever you want and they and they specifically took away zoom because there's a guy who specifically talks about zoom you know doesn't work or it'll work again but you have to revisit everything and i'm like well isn't that convenient <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh cool why well because the lord of shadows messed up the magical currents or something like that so you 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 get inside the the building and as you're going through you come across that route that yeah. I had mentioned forever ago yeah. and I said it didn't have anything to do with the time travel but it did show us Hendrick and Jasper as children yeah when they were like squires or whatever training to be knights and one thing I will say I thought that like I mean the king has you know very gray hair and stuff and I'm like he's he's an older dude right but even in the flashback, when they're kids, his hair is exactly the same. So either he's, that's just his natural hair color, or he's really old. <laughs> he's mega old. That's why he doesn't leave that tent. There you go. He can't. <laughs> he's like Darth Vader. He doesn't have the ability to leave. He's got to stay in that little egg thing. <laughs> oh, to regenerate. Yeah, like, <laughs> whenever he takes his suit off, yeah. Whenever he needs to unwind, he's got to go inside of his egg. <laughs> But to talk back to, you know, here they are saying that we're not the luminary anymore, but we still have the 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 birthmark thing, and we can still do this thing with the, the roots. Which, how does that root even still exist if the tree died? I have so many questions about this entire thing. Anakin Skywalker rebuilt C-3PO. And you're really going to tell me, as Darth Vader, 
He never thought to just fix his suit and be like, hey, by the way, I know how to make an intricate robot. I knew how to do that when I was like 10. Why on earth would Darth Vader just never do that? Did he just suddenly forget that he is like a super genius with the ability to just build robots? It doesn't make any sense. He could have had like... (laughs) He walks around basically like a giant penguin who just waddles about and can only do certain things. And it's like, <laughs> why do you never fix yourself? I, I, I'm almost positive that the like official fan theory or whatever is basically that he left it that way on purpose as like, you know, penance because of the pain and stuff like that. But that's the excuse they do for basically everybody who's in a situation like that. So whatever. If you were like an evil dark lord, you'd think you'd want to be as powerful as possible. I mean, maybe because he was conflicted that whole time. Yes, I think that's supposed to be the the theory. But, I mean, you're not wrong. Anyway, so the the, the root. Basically (laughs) the same thing, but with that, like, how does that root even still exist? The root I can get because even when you cut down a tree, that doesn't matter. I I just recently cut down a tree. You know, roots on trees actually continue to grow for seven years after the tree is cut down. I actually didn't know that. That's interesting. Yes. So I've learned a lot about trees when our entire sewage pipe had 120 feet of it, which costs an absolutely ridiculous amount of money. But tree roots had gotten inside and were eating away at the ceramic because my house is very old. True tree roots had gotten in and eaten the ceramic. And so we had to replace the whole thing because I was like, yeah, um, well, I cut down the tree like last year. It should be fine, right? They're like, yeah, no. Trees continue to grow for up to seven years. And I was like, well, maybe he just wants my money. And I look it up and it's like, yeah, no, trees, the roots continue to grow as if the tree is still there for seven years. They, huh. And roots do not die. That's interesting. I didn't know that. But okay, so that explains that part of it. What it still doesn't explain is if we're theoretically not the luminary, we lost all those luminary powers. How are we able to use the root to see into the past again? That I don't know, but even more interestingly is that weeping willow roots can seriously <laughs> go out. And, and I'm not kidding. Like, I think they they were said like a quarter mile. Wow, that's insane. This has been uh, Arbor Talk with Chris. It's absolutely ridiculous. I guess their roots just extend for Until they can't long. anymore, yeah. And it's like, that's nuts. Because they basically said if you plant a willow tree... You, it, it, you don't ever plant it if you have a very small plot because basically the roots are going to get into everything. And it might not be a quarter mile. It might. All, all I know is they said, you know where my willow is. And it's probably about like 500 feet away from the house. And they were specifically like, yeah, no, those that that 100 percent could be part of the problem. And some places actually use willow trees to suck up a lot of water because of that, hmm. because they just suck up tons and tons of water. I know I, I knew they took a lot of water. I didn't I did not know that about the roots, though. I'm learning some fascinating things about trees today. I'm not learning anything about the video game that we're talking about, but I'm learning a lot about other stuff. Hey, trees are great, man. They, not, ox- I, do you like oxygen? I never said that trees weren't great. What did what, what I said implied that trees weren't great? There is never a time in which you shouldn't be learning about trees. OK, this is tree talk. But but yeah, so I, I the fact that you can still activate them. And, and talking about the video in a second, but when you're done, Hendrick is like, ah, so this is the Luminary's power. 
interesting. And he kind of says it like he's and, and he goes to meddle into people's business. And I'm like, bro, come on, man. It got us important information that we needed. <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that Hendrick even specifically calls it out as the luminary's power just makes it feel even weirder because it's not like because, you know, it, they could have gone with, well, the tree, you know, is using its energy to talk to you guys. But no, he specifically establishes that this is a luminary power, and it's like, cool. Well, no, they they established way back when, when we touched a root for the first time, that Yggdrasil picks a... picks the, Yggdrasil's chosen one can interact with... Right. No, I know, but I mean, like, if the source was coming from that... It's just the way it's phrased of, this is the power of the luminary, it's like, the power that I supposedly shouldn't have anymore. It sounds like the roots are specifically a luminary thing, and it sounds like the tears, Yggdrasil picks, like, it could be any, Yggdrasil can pick anybody to kind of know what it is. At least that was the impression I got way back when. Sorry, but, yeah, but, but yes, he does specifically say it's luminary power. He knows you're not the luminary anymore. You're not the luminary anymore, so I don't understand what's happening. Maybe Yggdrasil is just trying to fight back. Maybe, I guess, whatever part of it is still left. My guess is that once everybody gets back together, because you do get an orb out of this whole deal, my guess is that once everybody is back together, you are going to go right back to Yggdrasil, and maybe that's how you like reactivate your actual luminary powers. I mean, that's kind of what I figure Act 2 is going to be, yeah. And then Act 3, you'll have all those abilities again, and probably something new. To, well, I'm know, wondering if it's going to activate something in everybody. That's kind so of that way. Well, I feel like can survive this. I feel like everybody is probably um, getting like almost. I, I have a feeling that you know, when we regroup with people in Act Two, they're all probably going to have all those mysterious things that you know. Oh, this this skill isn't available yet, or here's an extra section on the tree and stuff like we were hypothesizing about before. That's all probably going to have happened during their training montage. I I, I disagree. I I think it. To me, I think it might be something that happens in Act 3 only because it's the only reason why I say that. And I, do, I truly don't know yet because I have not interacted with another party member yet. So I, I truly have no idea. Um, the only reason why I say that is because what I think is going to happen is when you activate your luminary powers again, Yggdrasil grants its blessing upon everybody in order to defeat the Dark One. Because obviously it didn't work the first time with just you. Yeah, that could be. I think that Yggdrasil, when you go back to it, there's probably going to be a little bit of light left, and it's probably going to parse that out amongst everybody so everyone can survive the battle. Because if you're the only one that can hurt the loom or, or the darkness, that's not going to help anyone. I think that what's going to actually happen is Yggdrasil is going to give its blessing to everyone. And I could be wrong on that, and maybe there's a secondary skill tree past this. But that's what I think is actually going to happen. Well, maybe. Uh, but but after you determine your luminary-ness-ish... So the, the um, flashback also gives you important details about, uh, you know, the secret passage that the king used to use to sneak into the kitchen at night and and eat, which is kind of hilarious because, like, he's the king. He could just go ask for food and they'll give it to him. Well, I think it was more specifically that he was keeping it away from the queen. Like, uh, yes. he was keeping the secret that he was eating, uh, because even, because basically the video is all about Hendrick and Jasper growing up in the castle right. and becoming knights. 
And more specifically, it's all about Hendrick basically being better than Jasper in every single way. And and Jasper being super better about that. And But not every way, because Jasper was the tactician, and Hendrick kind of sounds like he's just the, the, the muscle dude who just gets everything done. Yeah. Jasper and had the plans, and then the Hendrick, credit for everything. Hendrick did the work. I will say at one point, when Hendrick walks past, there, there is a section where Hendrick specifically walks past Jasper, and Jasper gives him a smile and holds out his hand, and Hendrick does just snub him and go directly to the king. I feel like that is an opportunity where, like, dude, aren't you guys still bros? And it almost seems like that may have been a turning point where Jasper was like, dude, screw you, man. If you're just going to get everything and you're not even going to acknowledge me anymore, then I don't even know what to do. And it sounds like that is when he started going towards the darkness. And it's like, Hendrik, bro, I get you're about to be knighted by the king or whatever, but Jasper's still your dude, right? You could have at least shook his hand. Yeah, no, I that 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 bit in particular is kind of vague because it seems like Jasper like jumps around a couple times in that scene. So I don't know if it's what actually happened or just him like ruminating on his memories or what, but it is. Yeah. I mean, like that, that's definitely symbolic. I think of the, of them growing apart. Certainly. Well, no. So, so we've seen the root, the way it works before. That wasn't that's part of the, the root actual though. Memories. That stuff happens when you talk to Jasper in the front room. Oh, okay. Well, that's sorry that I'm getting, getting ahead of myself, but yes. Yeah, so basically it's just them growing up as kids and they are slowly growing up over time. You meet Jade, uh, as As a baby. baby. Yeah. The King comes in and, you know, orders them to stop what they're doing. And (laughs) because apparently the King can't ask anybody to do anything. He orders these kids to come look at the baby. (laughs) And and so they want to, they specifically want to look at this super powerful armor that shield. Yeah. This super powerful shield that both of them basically aspire to get. This is the shield that represents saving the kingdom. Like it, it's it's the pinnacle of like basically whoever's like the top knight in the country gets awarded this. And so obviously both of them want it and they want to go take a look at it, but they can't. And that's when I one of them, I don't it's, remember. It's which Jasper. One, Jasper mentions like, that there he 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 kept an eye on the king and Discovered the secret passage. Yeah. Yes. And then Hendrick, and then they are like, okay, we're going to, at midnight, we're going to go there and we're going to sneak through this secret passage so we can go in and see that shield. And then Hendrick even says like, I never actually made it. I got caught trying to sneak out of my room and the king punished me and I had to polish all the armor in the castle. Yeah, and, and he's like, Jasper got really mad about that. It's like, what? Why would you get, first of all, that's unreasonable to be mad about, but whatever. But so so then you use the secret passage and surprise, surprise, like Andrew had said, it's Jasper in the throne room. And he just broods on and on about how basically Hendrick his motivation him over yeah, and, is Hendrick was more awesome than him and he didn't like it. And, and it's like, bro, come like, on. You're still the number two of the entire kingdom. Like, even if you're not number one, it's not like you're doing bad for yourself. It's like, oh, man, I'm not the best person ever. And then he, like, goes full ham on everything, turns into, like, an actual demon, and then says, I'm, you know, Lord Lord Mordigan has given me all the power that, I, you know, I should have gotten through the king or whatever, and now I'm awesome. And he flies up there, and then he doesn't even attack you himself. He just creates some skeleton thing to kill you anyway. He leaves behind a minion, yeah. 
the classic, you know, video game villain thing of, well, I can't fight you yet because I've got to be like a big dramatic boss near the end of the game. But I kind of feel like the second you defeat his minion and like get the orb, why doesn't Jasper immediately just fly back and be like, because of video games. That's what I would have done. I'd be like, are you kidding me, man? Some things you just got to do yourself. See, I actually thought that's what was going to happen. Was it was just going to be a the thing of like Jasper doing his big, you know, oh, this is my full power reveal or whatever, and you were going to lose again, and he was just going to leave you there. And then that was going to be the point where the king was going to be like, oh, okay, obviously, you know, you have to go hunt him down or something. But no, he just does the typical video game. Ha ha ha, I'm so great. Here, fight my minion. I don't have time for this. Especially considering you still don't have... Although there was a sword. It looked like a samurai sword that I didn't buy. And it did have, in the description, attacks with the power of light. I thought that was interesting. Oh, like the sun thing? This yes. is the crescent sword. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I actually just skipped over that one because I bought the one that was slightly better than that. Well, I have the platinum great sword, so I've been using that this whole time. I, I see. I, I still use sword and shield for the luminary, although I'm about to switch them to double swords because I just got dual wielding last night before we recorded this episode. But uh, I don't because that platinum sword is so broken. It's so unbelievably powerful. But after you beat this fight, which again, still through this entire time, Hendrik is still basically... This fight is pretty trivial because H- Hendrik is still, you know, an invincible monster <laughs> who takes all the damage. So once you beat that, then, you know, you reclaim the purple orb. that, And then the... Which was a tur- surprise because it didn't even... There wasn't even any indication that th- there was a purple orb even here. Like, as soon as the purple orb showed up, it's like, wait, what? There was an orb? Well, so there is a little bit, just because, like, during the fight, did you get to the point where the skeleton made, like, a double of himself? I did, yeah. Well, if, if you read the text, like, the description of that move, it specifically says the skeleton uses the power of the orb to summon to to summon its shadow. Oh. Well, I didn't even attack the shadow. I just killed him. Well, yeah, it's just that the, we didn't actually, like, creates it, but that's, like, the only time it ever came up. Yeah, I'm like, because of the same thing, I'm like, wait, what orb are we talking about now? Well, I, I didn't even, I mean, I didn't read that. And even if I had read it, I would not have associated that with an actual orb until the fight was over. Right. That's what I mean. Like, that was the only, like, hint of there or anything, but it doesn't actually establish it. Because when Jasper leaves, behind the crown, or behind the king's throne, all this big purple, purple energy, energy comes out. Yeah. Up. Which maybe that but was the orb activating. I don't know. Another thing is, after you do that and claim the orb, the sun comes back out. Yes. So is the orb actually what the Lord of Shadows is using to put darkness everywhere? I, I suspect this is a situation where he's like giving them out to their to some of his minions to make them more powerful. But if that's the case, why would the light suddenly come out? Because you would think that if his darkness was everywhere, it wouldn't matter if you had an orb or not. Yeah, I mean, they'd be like batteries that they're channeling... Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's clearly using them for something, yes. And then, obviously, I think Act 2 is going to be reclaiming all of them and getting the party back together. Yeah. And, like you say, probably returning to Yggdrasil or something. But, so, now that we've defeated Jasper's minion and reclaimed the first orb, that's going to be where we're going to wrap up for this chapter here in Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter or via our email or on our Discord, and the links to that are going to be in the episode description, like usual. I'm the Luminary?